As you're taking your seats, we are continuing in our uh, series in the Gospel of Luke, and we are in chapter number 14, uh, working our way through the end of the chapter. And if you've been with us for uh, the last few weeks, you know that Jesus has been um, at the ruler of the Pharisees' home uh, at a banquet. And he has now moved out of that banquet and is now traveling uh, once again. As we've talked about with Luke, Luke doesn't give us any specifics as to where Jesus is or what towns he's in, but he's moving and he's on his journey again to Jerusalem and ultimately to the cross. We are in the last months of Jesus' earthly ministry. And what is normal as he travels, as you know this, every time Jesus travels and goes somewhere, there's usually a huge crowd that comes around him. He has his disciples and apostles that travel with him regularly, but then others in the crowd come around, and as Jesus is going, he has this huge crowd, and he pauses here to teach them a lesson. Now, Jesus, as usual, is really addressing his apostles, talking to his disciples here, um, and letting the crowd come along uh, for the ride, because Jesus is really wanting to deal with some very specific topic here uh, today, and he probably speaks the hardest message he has taught to this point, that he's giving to his disciples, his apostles, and really to us today. Uh, one of the hardest things that, that he shares kind of weeds out the, uh, those who are serious about following him and those who um, are not serious about following him. Now, Jesus is not necessarily talking about salvation here. As we get into this, I want you to understand that. You can actually be saved. He's going to be talking about being a disciple of Jesus, what it means to be a disciple. You can actually have a relationship with Jesus Christ, but not really be a disciple or a follower of his. You can be saved, but don't do anything with your salvation. That's why God's grace and mercy is so absolutely amazing. Um, I don't know how all of that works and how God works that out. I struggle with that because if a person says that they're a follower of Jesus Christ but does nothing for the Lord, I question. Um, but that's between them and God. And the reality is, is that um, you, know, you can have a relationship, be saved, but not ever do anything for the Lord. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people who might even fall into that category. They, they come to church, they read the Bible, uh, they do things every once in a while uh, based upon their schedule, about, based upon their convenience, and when they need, they're not really sold out to God in any way, shape, or, shape, or form. And that's what Jesus is going to address here today. Jesus is going to really lay on the line for us uh, what it means to be a genuine follower of Jesus Christ. And in Jesus' way of teaching... I want you to know he minces no words, and neither will I today because this is what Jesus says. So Jesus addresses here what is expected of a true follower of Jesus Christ to help us understand what Jesus is going to do. Let me ask you this question. What he's going to give us, let me ask you this question, uh, and I, your answer is already going to be yes, so I'm going to give you the answer. Don't even have to say it out loud, but have you ever made a commitment to something? Have you ever made a commitment to something. Well, if you're married here today, you made a commitment to your spouse. Some of us have made commitments to eating better and exercising. Some of us have made commitments to sports teams and sports activities. All of us have made commitments within our lives. We know what a commitment is. And commitments are good. We need to make commitments. But unfortunately, there's one major drawback to making a commitment and the commitments that we make in our life. Here's the drawback. Are you ready? This is the loophole of making commitments. When it comes to making a commitment, we have the ability 
to decide what and how much we want to be committed. When you make a commitment, that commitment only has to go to a certain level, has to only go so far. You can make that commitment or you can pull that commitment back. It's all based upon what you want and how you want to do it. In other words, we only have to commit up to a certain point, and if we so desire, we can stop that commitment at any time. Let me tell you a secret. That's why most New Year's resolutions only last till March, right? I am committed to doing this. Eh, Not so much anymore. I was, but now I'm not, right? Listen to me very carefully. When it comes to being a follower of Jesus Christ, when it comes to being a disciple, listen now, Jesus is not interested in us being committed to him. Did you hear me? When it comes to being a disciple, Jesus is not interested in us making a commitment to him. He uses a totally different word. It's a word that we don't like very much. It's a word that we don't use. Jesus doesn't say, please be committed to me. Jesus says, be surrendered to me. You see, commitment means I have a choice of how far I go. Surrendered says, I give it all. I have no choice. I can't make a choice. I can't pull it back. I, he calls us to be surrendered. And Jesus uses some very uh, poignant, powerful language here today for us to understand what it means to be surrendered. Okay? So remember, these are Jesus' words. All right? Uh, not mine. His. You ready? Luke 14, 25 through 26 says, Jesus is speaking to the crowd. The crowd comes around. He's there. And here's how he starts off his message. Not, doesn't build into it. Doesn't, he says, here it is. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Wow. Right? That'll wake you up, right? Someone says that to you. Jesus says, listen, if you don't hate your family members, the closest people to you, if you don't hate them, even yourself, well, you cannot be my disciple. And every single one of us goes, ouch, that is like impossible. What are you talking about here? What is, what is happening? How in the world or why in the world would Jesus, who's known for teaching love and grace, say something so harsh? Why would he be so poignant, so mean? How can we follow Jesus and hate anyone, let alone our family? It seems like a contradiction, doesn't it? It seems like Jesus is contradicting all that he's teaching all the way up to this point. Well, he's not contradicting himself, but we need to understand here what Jesus is doing. Jesus is making a statement, not a command. All right? He's making a statement not a command. He's not commanding us to hate. He's not telling us to hate. Rather, what he is doing, listen now, you've got to get this, he is describing what happens when we as his followers surrender to him. This is what happens when we are committed. In other words, to be a follower of Jesus means that you surrender to his will above everyone else's will, even your own. You surrender to His will only. When you live like this and love uh, Jesus like this, your actions wind up looking like hate 
to everyone else. In other words, Jesus is not commanding us to hate anyone. What he's saying is that we are to love him more than we love our mother, our father, our brothers, our sisters, ourselves. His will, His needs. If I'm going to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, it is I am all in or nothing. That's what He said. That's what Jesus is saying. And He amps this up as Jesus always does. He, he's like, man, that statement was crazy. But He says, no, I've got to go a little bit farther here. You're not, you're not even all the way there. Let me go even farther than this. He says in verse 27, whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Jesus takes it all the way to the vision, the, the, the imagery of the cross. As followers of Jesus, as disciples of Jesus, we are to bear our own cross. What is he talking about here? What does that term mean? We've kind of made that term mean a lot less in our language and how we use it than what Jesus means. So often we say, well, I've got this, this sickness. I guess that's my cross to bear, right? Or I've got this situation in my life that's difficult. That's just my cross to bear. That's not what he's talking about at all. Bearing your cross, listen now, means that you are completely sold out, 100% surrendered to Jesus. It is a lifelong commitment to follow the road that leads to crucifixion and death. It is to bear the suffering, to experience the humiliation, to endure the persecution, even to the point of death. Or can I put it this way? For you, I've got it on the screen here. Uh, I'd like for you to write it down. And, uh, to bear your cross means you die to self and you live for Christ. Not my will be done, but thy will be done. Your will be done, God, no matter what. No matter what circumstances, no matter what I want, no matter what I desire, I will not put myself, I will not put my loved ones, I will not put others before you. I will put you, listen now, first. God, you are first. Jesus, you are first in every part of my life. You are first. And Jesus says these words, it's very interesting. He says, listen, only the person that lives this surrender to me, only those people who will do this, only they are my disciples. Only they are my true followers. Those who have counted the cost. And as a matter of fact, he explains to us right now that we are to count the cost. He says, don't be uh, flippant in this. Don't, don't, don't just uh, be haphazard in this. You have to understand that there's a cost to following Jesus. How many of you know that Jesus never ever hid the cost of being a follower of his? He hasn't even made it to the cross yet. He's already laying this out saying, listen, this is an important thing. You know, salvation is one thing and you want to be saved, but, but I'm, I'm wanting you to be a follower of me. I want you to be a disciple. I'm wanting you to be sold out. And this is a big deal. This isn't just show up to church on Sunday and that's it. This is your life committed to me, surrendered to me. And so he gives two examples here of what it means to count the cost. Look at what he says here in verse 28. For which, which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. He says, you're foolish, you, you just jump in. goes on and says in verse 31, Or what king, 
going out to encounter another king in war, will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. Count the cost. Can you do this? Are you willing to do this? Are you sure you're willing to do this? Well, what is Jesus telling us here? Is he telling us here that, hey, make sure you have a relationship with me, but if you don't want to be a disciple, well, you go ahead and you just do whatever you want to do. That's fine. No, that's not what he's saying at all. He's saying, listen, you need to understand that this salvation thing goes farther than just having a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's making Jesus Lord of your life. You see, we don't, we don't talk that way. We talk about, let's just bring Jesus in. He'll make your life better, make you better at life. It'll be good. You'll have a good time, all this kind of stuff there. Just, just, just add him to your life. And Jesus says, no, I'm not to be added to your life. I'm to become Lord of your life. When we accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, he becomes Lord. And that means for us as followers of Jesus Christ that the next step is for us to say, I'm all in. You were all in for me in this salvation thing. You went all the way. You didn't go halfway. You went all the way. I'm all the way in for you. What does this mean, though, to count the cost? Well, Jesus is very plain here, and he wants us to know that if you're going to be sold out for God, it's not an easy calling. It's a hard calling. You have a world out there that hates you for loving Christ. You have a world out there that will not put up with you or tolerate you for being sold out to Christ. You will be watched. You will be scrutinized. You will be persecuted. You can lose your life. You say, oh, not in America. It's happened here. It's going to happen more. Church, you need to understand something. You need to understand something here and now. The time... For us to play church and play games is way past gone. We are in the serious mode. Game on. This world is out to get us. And that's what Jesus is saying. It is a calling that quite honestly what Jesus is calling us to surrender, listen now, is an impossible calling for us to do without God's power in our life. It's impossible for us to do this without, without allowing the Holy Spirit to work through us, but it's one that God calls us to. We are never called or we cannot go halfway. We must go 100%. If you are not completely sold out, if you are not 100% surrendered to Jesus, you will fail. So Jesus says, listen, this is a hard life. This is a hard calling. This is, this is something that you can't do in yourself. But I think Jesus goes even farther than this. And I think this is where the rubber really meets the road. And church, this is where we really need to get it. I think what Jesus is really saying here is that it will cost you more not to be a follower of me. For you to choose to surrender and do what I have called you to do, to be a disciple and follower of me, it's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. But I'm with you all the way. You sell out to me, I am already sold out to you. You follow me, I am right with you all the way. We're in this hand in hand. I'm taking you through. I'm going to make it through. It's not going to be easy, but I'm there. But if you choose to live a life and you say that you're saved, but you're not going to be a surrender to me, you're not going to follow me, then you are choosing to do life alone that's what he's saying if you don't choose to be my disciple but to have salvation to have your fire insurance or whatever then in this life you're going to walk through this life alone you will live without christ's blessings you will struggle in every area of life 
You will try to do it on your own. You will think that, that God is there, but He's not because you're not surrendered to Him. You'll have uh, little to no closeness to God in your life. The things of God will not be important to you. The things of God will become uncomfortable to you. The things uh, of God will, will be a challenge to you. You will not see the power of God in your life, and you'll really never know the peace and safety of God in your life. So God says, listen, you have a choice. You have a choice. You can either follow me, and yeah, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. It's not going to be an easy life, but I'm there with you. I'm taking you through. I'm empowering you, and you will receive blessings from me if you do it. Or you can say, listen, I know I'm saved, and I'm just sitting back and hanging it through. And he says, that's fine. You're just going to do it all alone. You're going to do it by yourself. You're just going to struggle. You're just got, it's just not going to uh, be easy. Jesus said this uh, and put it this way in the Sermon on the Mount. This is exactly what he says. He says, seek first the kingdom of God, and all of these things shall be added to you. What does he mean by that? This is exactly what he means. Be sold out to me. Be totally surrendered to me. And I promise you, I promise you, it will not be easy, but I will make it all work. But don't put me first. Put me back on the shelf. Play the church game. Play, play the, the game of Christianity all you want. And you know what? I won't put anything in order in your life. You won't, I won't be helping you or doing anything with you. Oh, you may be saved, but I won't be there. In other words, when you surrender to Jesus and put Him first in your life, He will order and bless everything in your life. However, if you don't, even though you may be saved, you are left to walk through this life alone. To try to make it on your own. And Jesus lays it on the line. Jesus goes for it all right here. Verse 33. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. In other words, unless you are willing to put me 100% first in your life, to seek my will, my word, to do the way, live your life according to the principles of my word, to live your life according to what God has, to, to seeking God and following Him completely in, in all of your life. Unless you are willing to give everything up that this world has and say, yes, God, I'm going to follow you. These are Jesus' words. You can't be my disciple. You might be playing a game. You might think you're doing okay. You might think things are all right, but you're not. Renounce this world. Put Christ first in all things. Your love and dedication for Christ must be stronger than every other relationship you have compared to Jesus Christ. And then Jesus ends up with one last illustration here to close it all out. In verse 34, he says, salt is good. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? The answer, it can't. It's gone. Therefore, the salt is of no use either for the soil or for the manure pile. It is thrown away. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. What a powerful statement. For the true believer, this is what he's saying, there is truly only one choice. 
If you are genuinely saved as a follower of Jesus Christ, you are saved, then the only choice you have is to surrender. And God promises that when you surrender, although it'll be a hard life, because this life is hard no matter what, it'll be a blessed life. But if you don't, you're on your own. For the believer not to do so, man, this is, this is hard. This is, this is hard words from Jesus today. For the believer not to do so is like salt that has lost its taste. It's not good for anything. Jesus actually gave a vivid illustration of this in Revelation chapter number 3, talking about the church of Laodicea. He said, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. You're not sold out to me. You're not really leaving me. You're trying to play this game, this, this church game that you're doing. You're trying to work it out somehow for yourself, but you're not sold out to me. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm, because you are playing this game, because you are not completely sold out, I will spit you out of my mouth. Now I'm so thankful the newer translations, the ESV and stuff, kind of cleaned that up, made it a little bit nicer for us. But the King James really tells us what it is. It's vomit. You make me sick. That's Jesus' words. You make me sick. I have saved you. I've given you salvation. I have gone all the way for you. I ask you to surrender to me so that I can walk through this life with you, so that I can empower you and bless you. You put me first, and I will take care of everything else in your life. And Jesus finishes this up with this. Listen up. Listen up. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear. I'm not playing around. It's not game time. This is not a suggestion. This is not a suggestion. This is how it is. That's Jesus' words, not mine. I'm not telling you that Jesus is telling you this. God is telling you this. He's saying, this is it. You either are sold out to me or you're on your own. Jesus doesn't want you to live a life apart from him, even as his child, and especially as his child. What he wants is to give you life and give it to the full. That's what he wants. But we can only have it when we surrender to him. Being a disciple of Jesus is not for the faint of heart. It is something to be taken very seriously. Now let me pause here just for one second. None of us are perfect in this don't you dare think that I'm up here telling you that I've got this all together. But it's continually surrender. It's every single day I surrender. Every single day, God, you're in control. Every single day, God, you're in control. God, your will be done, not mine. It's an everyday process. Every day I surrender. Every day I surrender. You say, well, I haven't been surrendered to God. Well, you can start right now. You can start right now. Well, I've been doing it living for myself. God understands that. And he forgives. Forgive me of my sin. And I start right now. But listen, what Jesus wants us to know and wants us to understand is this, is that, that your life cannot be successful for him, cannot be blessed by him unless you are surrendered to him. Jesus isn't playing games. Satan isn't playing games. The world isn't playing games. For some reason, we as Christians think we can play games, and we can't. For the believer, it is truly the only way to live, being surrendered to him. I think the songwriter had it absolutely right. The old hymn writer had this perspective. Listen to his words. 
All to Jesus I surrender. All to Him I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily live. All to Jesus I surrender. Humbly at His feet I bow. Worldly pleasures all forsaken. Take me, Jesus. Take me now. All to Jesus I surrender. Make me Savior holy Thine. Let me feel the Holy Spirit. Truly know that You are mine. All to Jesus I surrender. Lord, I give myself to Thee. Fill me with Thy love and power. Let Thy blessing fall on me. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. Do you surrender all today? Are you willing to give God everything? Are you willing to make Him first? Because I promise you, I promise you when you do, when you do, He will give you life and life to the full. When you don't, you're on your own. Being a follower of Jesus, being a disciple of Jesus takes one thing. That's what I want to leave you with today. Total surrender. There's no halfway with God. There's no halfway. Will you stand with me in God's house today? Father God, this is a hard word for all of us today. But it is so true. And your heart's desire is that we surrender because, God, you have the best for us. And you want the very best for us. And so, Father, I pray that we as a church will be totally surrendered to you. Totally in step with you. Totally loving you and seeking you first in all things. And so, Father, take us now this week to live this out in our lives. And we give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.